You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz. Tony Duchesne here, and welcome to Drinks with Tony. Today on the show, we have Larissa Pham. Her book is called Pop Song, Adventures in Art and Intimacy. And wow, I just realized this is episode 200 of Drinks with Tony on the Drinks with Tony reboot. So hooray for me. All right, that's enough celebrating. Larissa and I talk about being a writer in Brooklyn, Buddhism, writing a novel compared to a memoir, the actual time it takes to write a book, and the reason she wouldn't give me a grade for my show when all I wanted was a B-, and so much more. Hi, I'm Larissa Pham, and you're listening to Drinks with Tony. Get on the Drinks with Tony show! You're listening to Drinks with Tony. I'm your host, Tony Duchesne. Today on the show, we have Larissa Pham. She's the author of Pop Song, Adventures in Art and Intimacy. Larissa, how are you? I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Um, it's a beautiful day in Brooklyn, very sunny. Um, so yeah, I'm lovely. <laughs> where, where, where in Brooklyn are you? Uh, I'm just east of the park, um, Prospect Park. Prospect Park. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, sort of like, I, I always do this thing with my hand where I hold it up and I like show um, uh-huh. on the map where I am, but your yeah. listeners will not see that. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Southeast corner. We don't care about the listeners. This is just a conversation. <laughs> this is just us hanging out. Yeah. What, um, when did you move? Did you move to Brooklyn or did you grow up in Brooklyn? Um, I, I moved to Brooklyn. I grew up on the, on the West coast, actually. I grew up mm. in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Oh, wow. What, what, what drew you to wonderful Brooklyn? Um, so I went to school on the East Coast and then, I, you know, everyone was everyone was moving to the city. Um, and I also wanted to move to the city and I wanted to be a writer and it seemed like that was what everyone was doing. Um, and I was fortunate enough to be able to do that. And then I have remained here ever since. Uh, you know, a very exciting story. <laughs> no, it's a very, it's a, I love that story because the there's there's something about Brooklyn and writers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that true? I mean, yeah, I, just, I, I've, I have little Brooklyn experience, but when I was there, all I wanted to do was stay. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so. mm-hmm. I think I mean, I think you can find writers in every city because there are writers in every city. But it just so happens that New York and Brooklyn are big enough um, that you get a lot more writers all concentrated in the same place. And there is like a pretty beautiful community of people, um, lots of readings to go to, lots of like, you know, sort of like beautiful serendipitous run-ins um, that make it like really nice. Yeah. And that's everything that the, you you said all the words right there, the community, the serendipitous run-ins. Mm-hmm. I grew up in San Francisco and San Francisco used to be a great writing town. And it was like, you could, uh, in the mission district, it kind of, you could throw a rock and you'd hit a writer in the head, no matter where <laughs> you threw the rock. And then it just kind of, it's just, everyone just kind of left. There was a big mm-hmm. exodus. Mm-hmm. So I moved to LA and, and I feel like LA is kind of that writing community too, but I'm more, I feel more, I feel the energy of Brooklyn kind of feels a little more normal to me because I like being compressed and not having a car. It is very, very compressed. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was at two readings last night, actually. I went to one reading and I, then I went to the tail end of another reading. Wow. See, yeah, now, that, on a yeah, Monday. Now, now, can, now can you do that in Portland without a car? 
You cannot. You cannot exactly. Yeah. Okay. So now yeah. everything makes sense. The whole world comes together. Go ahead. Tell me about these readings. Oh, well, so one was a poetry reading in Manhattan. Um, and then it, it was great. It was great. Um, mm-hmm. And then the other reading was in Brooklyn. It was a Franklin Park reading series. And I actually came from the very end of it. I completely missed like all of the readers and the host was like thanking everyone for coming um, by the time I had arrived. So I can't really say that I went to the second reading, um, but I had I had friends there who, who had gathered for it. So I think that's part of the community too. It's just like, you know, being able to see people. Um, I really think like the more opportunities you have to get into a room with people, just like the more energy and more inspiration there is in a space like that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. That's what kind of like made the whole COVID thing hurt, you know, totally. It kind of blew up my, my, uh, you know, my friends who aren't writers were like, Oh, this is, this is just gonna be fun. This is fine for you because you just get to do what you do. And I'm like, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. (laughs) I can't write like this. It sucks, you know? Yeah, you're like, I'm so lonely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm my people. Exactly. Like, I'm usually yeah. lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, I'm normally isolated. Right, right. Did you, when, during, like, the extreme parts of uh, COVID, did you stay in Brooklyn or? Oh, yeah. I was, I was in New York the entire pandemic, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I adapted pretty well to it, though. I So I wrote pop song in the first in those early months of the pandemic. Mm. Yeah. So I sold oh, the book great. in I think November of 2019. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, November and then all of December I was like, oh no, I have to write this book. And then in January, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm ready. Isn't that fear great? <laughs> it it was it was really scary, but it was important. But I think it was important for me to work through it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, by January, Darren, January of 2020. I know time machine, right? Um, I was like, okay, I'm ready. Um, I'm going to tell everyone I'm not going to hang out. Uh, I have to like work. I have to like be in my house. Um, I like my partner at the time gave me um, like a desktop monitor so that I could, you know, see like my big pages. Uh Um, And uh, my book was due, I think that May, Um, it was a really, really tight schedule because I wanted it to come out um, for the summer of 2021, which yeah. So you could totally book tour, you know, and (laughs) yeah, so I could totally do that. Cause I was like, I was like, Oh, I really want it to be a summer read. I really want Mm -hmm. it to come out in the spring. Um, and so they're like, okay, well with our distributor, like you're just going to have to turn it in, um, within a couple of months. And I was like, cool, I can do that. No problem. So I like told everyone, I was like, Oh, I'm going into hiding. I'm going into my cave. I'll see you later. And then like two months later, like it was March, um, the March net that never ended. Um, but you know, I was outside a lot. Um, and I biked around and I had an amazing time just like, um, really getting to know the city in a different way. Um, yeah. because it felt so empty because I wasn't taking the train I was walking or I was riding my bike um spent a lot of time at the beach spent a lot of time at the parks um really saw a lot of people like a lot of communities coming together in a very beautiful way mm-hmm. um so you know it was okay yeah it was lonely but it was also the least lonely I've been in some ways really that's cool. yeah but I you know I was lucky I didn't I didn't get sick and I didn't work in healthcare, um, you know, or even worse, uh, drive Uber. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. I was really (laughs) fortunate that 
what I was doing allowed me to, um, you know, mostly stay home. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you did, did you sell the book on a proposal? I did. Yeah. I had, um, I think like I had five ish chapters written, but, um, and then, you know, the proposal, the outline, the the usual things that go into something like that. Um, but the book changed so much as I was drafting it. Like, I feel like it's always that way. Like you Mm -hmm. think you have it, you have all the little pieces and you put them all together. You have like your big word document and you're like, Oh, this is like, this is, this is not what I thought it was. (laughs) Yeah, it's so I I still think it's like magic, that process of discovery. Totally. You're just writing when you're just writing the scenes. Mm -hmm. And then it's just Mm -hmm. like these things appear and it's almost it's just it feels like it feels like we are in some type of magic Mm -hmm. thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The moment for me when it really clicked was when I had it all in the same document all synthesized and parts of it were starting to be in dialogue with itself I was like oh this is like this is like a book book this isn't like a collection this isn't just like a jumble of essays like this is like a book where like things are like accumulating meaning like it's meant to be read like this way and then I was like wow like this is the best feeling ever (laughs) it is that it's like when it's showing itself to you you know instead of you instead of you putting all your, you know, we we're putting all of our energy in it to like, this, this has got to be a thing. This has got to be a thing. And then all of a sudden it goes, hi, I'm a thing. And you're like, whoa. It's like, I've arrived. And you're like, oh my God, you're like, I did that. Um, And that's so shocking. Like, I feel like I know I wrote it, but Mm -hmm. that magic is like, I'm like, but did I write it? Like, did someone else do that? Because I don't remember it being so good when I was looking at it on the screen. <laughs> it's such, yeah, yeah, it's such it's such a trip, the relationship with our work and how mm-hmm. it just changes. And then it and then it comes out. Well, what yeah. was what was the feeling like for you when it was just all of a sudden you did you get like a, a, a ARC or did you get the final? Yeah, copy? Mm-hmm. I had I had a paperback ARC, which was actually like the version that I read from for a while because I, I love a paperback um, mm-hmm. and my paperback just came out now and I'm just like so thrilled. I'm like, oh, like I love it. Like it's cheaper. Oh, wait. Like, oh, OK. So so this came out two months ago and the hard, and the hardcover sold and the paper and now it's in paperback. Um, I think the hardcover is still. I'm, I'm sure they're floating around somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I did not sell out my entire print run, but they did give me a paperback. Cool, <laughs> um, cool. Just very exciting. So yeah, I have, I have it right here. It's so look at that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, okay. Is it, do they have the, the flap? Is it like, no, is it's, it's it, not uh, a French flap. It's just, it's just regular. I thought I forgot. I didn't know the word. I just went the flap and I'm glad you knew the, the technical. Term. Oh, you know, I, I knew what French flaps were. I know what deckle edges are. I know what yeah. kerning is. I know yeah. the different kinds of binding people use. Um, wow. Really? I, I love, I love books. Um, yeah. I, I took a book binding class in high school. <laughs> a book, a book, what class? A book binding class. Oh, book binding. Yeah. 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 Oh, you had book binding in high school. What a cool high school. I think it was a unit, to be honest. I don't think it was like it wasn't the full semester of of book binding. But, you know, I I learned how to do a couple different like methods. And that was really fun. Oh, yeah. Did you did you put out anything like a like small book or. uh... No, but um, I do run a small press with some of my friends. You do now? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. But we we outsource our printing. So, um, but it's called Yap Y A P, and uh-huh. we we put out you know playful, fun, poetic books. We have two. Yeah. Um, and I don't know when this what the third will be. We haven't decided. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun. It's fun to be on the other side of the process. Yeah, and then so um, are those books like are. Uh, are are they books or are they like uh, smaller like chap books or whatever? they they are books. I mean they're they're like mm-hmm. chap book size. Um, yeah. One is called "I've Fallen in Love" or "Imagine I Have," and uh-huh. it's a selection of tweets about crushes. Um, oh, fun! By, yeah, by by my friend Claire Mao. Um, uh-huh. And then our other book is called "Notes," and it's a series of short essays on fragrance by Tracy Wan um, oh. and. Uh, I think, I think they both actually sold out, so I can't plug them. Um, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's you know, good we're news. Just really interested in like, yeah, and like little playful things, like things things that you would want to make for your friends, things that you want your friends would to make for you, um, like something that you would like to receive um, yeah. and hold and carry around. Yeah, so they're oh. quite small. They're like, like you know, so, like you know okay, that really cool. famous edition of lunch poems. It's like pretty small like that that's sort of like the vibe <laughs> I, I love that so much and when I go to bookstores I love it when they stock um books like that you know mm-hmm. that just they, they kind of feel a little more personal I always buy one it's just like mm-hmm. even even if I'm if even if I go oh this you know if I go oh no, this isn't the greatest but it's just you could tell there's care involved mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and you're just like oh man this is great I want to make sure that this person still does this thing yeah totally yeah yeah and I think I think you know I think things should be made just because they are nice and beautiful and there's care put into them yeah Yeah. it makes a difference Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I also think as as a writer it's nice to know what goes into making a book Mm -hmm. um like in terms of handwriting but then also in terms of just like you know the design and fact checking um if you, if that applies and yeah. you know copy editing and <laughs> proofing and like you know there's a whole team of people behind these things yeah 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 design cover design mm-hmm. what what um I, I haven't done it in a long time but i did put an anthology out you know probably 15 16 years ago but mm-hmm. the the um how you submit the pages were very specific you know so they can get that 16 page but it's like in um oh yeah 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 the um because because they, they do the folding called? thing and then cut. yeah so. uh, I can't remember what those little sections are called but I know what you're talking about yeah, yeah. I don't I don't remember either because I haven't done it in so long but I remember going wow this is a lot this is taking me like you know 10 times the amount of time I thought I would ever spend on this yeah and you got to do some math <laughs> yeah totally you're, yeah. you're doing math and like and then the page you know pages are like upside down next to each other mm-hmm, when you had mm-hmm. to submit and it's just mm-hmm. if I look yeah I don't even know if I have the original uh what do you call it the original um file that I submitted to the the yeah. book writing company but it, I'd probably look at it and go I can never replicate that again <laughs> yeah 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 I like I also um made some zines when I was younger um, yeah I don't really know why I haven't in a while I guess it just hasn't occurred to me but you know like printer paper and you mm-hmm. fold it into quarters and then you like like staple it and then you figure out how to like print it and copy it and then you can like assemble it um loved that uh yeah yeah so I, I made a couple zines um 
that was that was just really fun. When when I used to do temp jobs, um, I, the minute that uh, I had any access to a copy machine, I made a zine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> just so I didn't feel the impending doom of a crappy temp job with a crap, right. with a crappy bunch of people at a crappy company. Mm-hmm. I would just be like. Oh, I got to go to the copy room. And they're like, he's doing so good. And so many copies. And I'm sitting there kind of just all these, you know, it, it's like drawings and stuff in there too. Some, some are a little uh, sexual, you know, and I'm like, kind of like trying to block the mm. it's coming out. <laughs> so when someone comes in, he goes, oh, he's a perv. Everybody, he's a perv. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to use the, the company resources while you can. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, if you're if you're broke, they're not paying you that much money, and you're you know it's just those uh, those old temps. Like, do they do they even call them? Do they even have temp jobs anymore? Is that I'm a sure thing? They do. I mean, I feel like it's a very literary thing to to temp yeah. um, places. I mean, I've I've I think they call them um, freelancers or consultants. Depending oh. on how much you're getting paid. And they still treat you like crap. <laughs> I think I think that is, yes, yes. I think that is That's the, cute. the term now. Yeah. I, there's this this guy uh, he used to put, and this is back, you know, when I was temping stuff. He put a he put a magazine out called Temp Slave. And it was fantastic. Oh. And it was he was somewhere in the Midwest. I don't even remember what his name is. I should look him up and see where he's at now, but it's like he would he would teach you how to steal stuff from work, and it was just all about oh, all nice. these. It's just like, and there was at, and there's this band called King Missile. It's uh, they have a song called "Take Stuff from Work." They're out of New York. And oh, was, that's a great song. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it do you know the song? Great song? I don't oh, know the yeah. song, but I'm like, that's a great name for a song. It's an old, it's an older song because he's like, take an ashtray. They got plenty. Like back when they had ashtrays, right? <laughs> he take, take he's, 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 his whole thing is about how he just furnished his whole apartment from temp jobs. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Take stuff from work. It's a funny song, but you know, those, those lean years, you got to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think you should not, always steal from work. Yeah. Now I don't, you know, I, I have a, I, well, I haven't had to work at places um, in a very long time, but I did have my, uh, my so-called moral compass where if, if it was a big company like sun microsystems or Genentech, then, everything was free you know just like mm-hmm, if it mm-hmm. fits in my car mm-hmm, <laughs> no. mm-hmm. i couldn't do it from a mom and pop place where they're no. like oh we're just you know trying to make paper flowers for people's joy and i'll be like yeah yeah you can't steal a chair not from them <laughs> no not from them did when did you when did you start writing um that's a great question because i think I mean, fantastic question. What do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it is good. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, I started writing when I was quite small. Um, in the way that, you know, as a, as a child, you write stories. And then when I was in high school, I wrote stories also. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Um, also, my roommates are just chatting, so I'm going to gently remind them that I'm on a podcast. Right oh, now. I, I, I could barely hear them. Oh, okay and, okay. and if they could talk louder so we can hear what they're saying, that would be actually be cool. Oh, okay, okay. And so then we could, and then we could like talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could tell them they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So what was I saying? Oh. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I wrote fiction and poetry in high school. Um. I really considered myself a poet. Um, mm-hmm. 
back in those days. And in college, I studied art and art history. So um, writing was still like a huge part of my life, but I found it really hard to like, uh, kind of like find, like fit into the scene um, in undergrad. So um, I kind of wrote, but like mostly for myself, but um, I guess, you know, if like, if we want to sort of narrowly interpret that question, I started writing professionally when I was like, um, like 19-ish, um, when I was still in school, um, just like writing for like blogs and like various like online publications um, back when that was like, like a, a reasonable way of, of going about things. Yeah. Back when you got paid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like when it was exciting to get you know, that little check for like $150. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And like I had a part-time job, so I wasn't trying to like live off freelancing. I I actually tried to live off freelancing. And it it was, those were the days. Those were the days. Yeah. I mean, I do that now. So it's, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the sort of makeup, the, the pie chart is different. But yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, I was talking to someone about this this weekend, but I have been doing this for about 10 years, um, which is maybe surprising. Um, and I'm still always learning about the form. Yeah, I think I, yeah. I think I was trying to find my way out about eight years ago. I'm like this. I'm done. <laughs> I, I, used to, I used to also write for like San Francisco Chronicle and different, you know, right, right. and it's just like. I'm just like, yeah, this is done. I'm over. I'm over it. It's done. It just, yeah. And there it was kind of done, but it, but, and, and I feel like I, I feel like I did too, I did too many articles, you know, it's like nice to have that nice to have your byline or whatever, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like, I got to work on my own stuff. Yeah. I'm working for these people for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, it's, it's nice to write, you know, criticism or essays or report um, whatever it may be, you know, do interviews, but it's, it's kind of hard to do that at the same time as like a long-term project. Yeah. Um, and I find that like, I kind of have two options, like either, like I'm staying on top of the discourse. I'm like writing articles. <laughs> I'm like publishing frequently, or I'm completely in hiding. And I write like maybe two things a year and I'm like working on something big. Is that what you're doing now? Are you hiding? Yeah. Are you in hiding? Is that, is that why you look like you're in a jail cell? No, I, well, I, I am in my room, um, sitting on a yoga mat in front of my closet. Oh, Uh, you're you're on a yoga mat. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting on a yoga mat. Um, it's better. It's better for my back. I don't have a desk in here. Um, Mm. so I, I try to, uh, you know, the hard ground is, I think is good for your posture. Um, I should use that because my posture is terrible. Yeah, the pandemic didn't do anyone's posture any any favors, I don't think. No. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I, well, I'm in grad school, so I'm getting my MFA in fiction right now. Oh, um, really? So that has like essentially forced me into hiding. Yeah. Yeah. And as you're as you're pursuing your MFA, are you writing a novel? Yes, I am attempting to do that. Um, yeah. I don't know if I will succeed, but that is TBD. Um, now, I don't and, have any wisdom about it, though. <laughs> I think that the novel is such an interesting thing because in order to learn how to write a novel, you have to write a novel. It's just that's yeah. it. Yeah. There's no other. There's no there's nothing else. That is what I have realized. Um, it's very painful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, it, it's um, how far along are you? 
I would say I'm like solidly a little over halfway. Oh, well, that, yeah, that's kind of a fun place to be because because then it's a thing. It's kind of a thing. Sure. Yeah, it, it is like I'm definitely in the middle. Um, like I'm yeah. not just starting it. I feel like it's very hard when you feel like you've just started something. I'm definitely I haven't just started like it's 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 there. Like I have like 160 pages like oh, cool. Yeah, like there's there's stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I don't feel nearly done at all. Um, yeah. I know that there's quite a bit left. Um, so that, you know, and how do you, do, and how do you show up to it every day? I try, um, as I was telling you before we, um, went live, uh, I am in the middle of like a revision right now. So I have been trying to show up to that, uh, most mornings, um, just to keep the book alive. I feel like if you don't, if you don't like water something, like it can kind of like die a little if you're not paying attention to it. It's it's yeah. like we lose our relationship with it. It's almost it's yeah. I, I feel like if if I if I skip a day on uh, anything I'm working on, I've skipped some time and the and it and I and I I always tell my students this. I'm like, your work is needy. Your work is a codependent, needy, dysfunctional person that you have to keep showing up to and massaging. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's definitely one way of looking at it. Um, yeah. I find that especially with fiction, like, you know, it requires such suspension of disbelief that you really have to have one foot in the world of the book at all times. Um, otherwise, like, you know, if you're out of it, it takes like two days to get back in. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, and, and so it, as you're, as you're tackling fiction, the, um, like do you like do you find like you're building a relationship with your character too? Trying, yeah, trying. Yeah. I think I think I'm still getting to know them. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, they're they're revealing themselves to me slowly. Uh, yeah. But and I it's it's what yeah, and it's such a cumulative process. I think like the more the more I write, the better I'll know them. The easier it'll be to, to write the next part, and then they will tell me if I'm not doing it right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the only way to know is by doing. Uh, it's so, so crazy yeah 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 do you have a good um what do they call them do you get a mentor or an advisor how does that work um yeah so I I'm at Bennington um so it's very like very much like focused on like one-on-one instruction mm-hmm. um so yeah I have a great advisor this term um I haven't sent over any new work yet um I've just been workshops just this, the way the program is structured you get workshops and then and then you sort of embark upon this like one-on-one um, sort of like correspondence, um, epistolary sort of learning, as it were. Um, so I'm very excited to send him my manuscript. I'm also terrified that it won't be good. So I am trying yeah. to get it in shape before <clears throat> I send it over. The <laughs> excitement the of... of this right. And then when you hit that, when you hit the send on the email and you're like, oh, wait. And you'll find, and you'll go, I, I didn't fix this, this, and this. And you'll have like 10 problems you'll find that after you sit, send, even yeah. though you thought it was perfect. <laughs> but pretty nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. But then, you, and then later on there, if then you, sometimes it's like, oh, it's a good thing I didn't fix those because that led to something better. You know, there's just, it's such like unknown. Yeah. I think there's also a lot of value in knowing when it's time to like, send something like let someone else look at something or give yourself yourself time away from it yeah um like I think 
as much as I believe you should like spend time in the world of the book, like after a certain point, like if you're like, you know, not getting anything fresh from yourself, like sometimes you do need to like take a little time away from it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not in the middle of a draft, but like at the end of a draft. Exactly. Like, yeah. Do the draft and then, you know, go to the beach. Right. Uh, don't think about it for a couple of days. Or sleep. <laughs> or sleep. Yeah. <clears throat> Lots very of important. Sleep. Yeah. yeah I, very, very crucial. I just sent out my first um to three different uh I, I'm working on a novel so I just sent it out to like three beta readers you know oh that's nice my friends you know it was in that stage where I'm not going to send it to anyone who can get it anywhere kind of like just people who are readers you know right friends right. of mine um because it's that's not important. there yet yeah mm-hmm. and, then, and then you just get the feedback and you go okay so it is a thing <laughs> Mm-hmm, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. someone else sees it you know it's with just, problems <laughs> yeah they're like oh this is really good but what the hell is this and i'm just like thank you it's just I, it's like thank you one thank you for reading and seeing it something two thanks for beating me up <laughs> so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 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 i i am not at that point with this project yeah. um but hopefully by you know the beginning of next year i might i might be approaching that so we'll see when you and, and, and it was, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. Cause I, I never really went to college or anything. I just kind of like, just, I, I was in a weird religion. I couldn't go to college. So I, mm-hmm. had, to, I had to forge a weird path in a different way, but um, why I, why did I bring my personal history into it? Because I know nothing about college. So this will sound like an ignorant question. What was the ignorant question? The ignorant question is, do they um, with, working with your uh, mentor and working with the program do if it's good do they do they do they have agents that you can talk contact and like help um, you move that way I think the way Bennington's program works is that we I think they there are some agent visits mm-hmm. um for mm-hmm. like the graduating um I don't know what you call, they're not masters I don't know what you call people with master's degrees oh I just say hello master yeah yeah (laughs) hello (laughs) um yeah so I think for the graduating folks there there are like agent visits um there probably should be more um I I do have representation already so this is Mm. fortunately something that I don't have to worry about but I do think most MFA programs um should have some degree of like professional development um in that last term I don't, I think it's really bad for emerging writers or like people who are just, you know, beginning a program to be like, I'm thinking about publishing right now. It's like, no, you're, you're, we're thinking about writing. Like we don't need to stress ourselves out about this. But then at the end, you know, when you have like a nice thesis and you've like been polishing your work, then like totally, then I think, I think it's a really good time. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's, I, I teach once a month at the library and it's just kind of like an open free for all beginning mm-hmm. creative writing and mm-hmm. right away some people are just like how do I get an agent how do I get published and I'm like what have you written and they're like oh I'm just starting writing and I'm like you're thinking about the wrong thing <laughs> I just think it's you know I think it's I think it's good to be like yeah like I want to write something that's going to be in the world I think that's like a good impulse for sure but I also think like you know if you're focused on um, a certain kind of reception to your work or like worried about where to place it, like it kind of hampers like the creative impulse. And so it makes it very hard to actually get the work done. Um, like I do think when you're drafting, like you just have to be single-mindedly focused on that. Um, no distraction. 
obsessed almost. Yeah, I, it's, totally. it, it's like being in a relationship. It's, it's, yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've lost relationships because of the work I do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, like, then, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't the right fit. No, it wasn't. Um, it's, but it's very intriguing when uh, things like, go, oh, hey, the world offers you this great thing and you're in a relationship that you think is great and you're, and you have to work even harder. Cause you know, when you get the offer, it's not like, mm-hmm. uh, it's not like, oh, you know, you, you now have uh, this open to you. You can be a, you can write a film and it's not like, oh, great. And you're all excited. And that's the end. It's like, oh, great. Oh, crap. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it has to be good. To, and you, you have, have to kick and, into, yeah, into the yeah. next gear. And, the, and uh, there's just people that don't understand that. Oh, no, no, it doesn't work. Like, oh, it's great. And we just sit at the Chateau Marmont and type for a couple hours, <laughs> and have gin and tonic. You know, it's just like you go into the cave and you do the work. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the thing about writing is, you know, we all have ideas of what it looks like, but how it actually is, is, uh, you know, slovenly embarrassing, dingy, just, you know, we're we're crowded in our little, our little rooms, like just writing. (laughs) It's not pretty and it's not sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not glamorous at all. No. But then it, then it comes out and then we, and then people who don't write, they just, they think, oh, this was, this must've been easy and been nothing but a thing. And you just smile and go, thanks for buying the book. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, this was really easy. It was yeah. no problem at all. Yeah. yeah. That's what I go around. And that's what I tell everyone on, yeah, oh, when, it's I, easy. when I go on their podcast. I say, yeah, <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> no, I don't yeah, think yeah. I've ever said that. Yeah. No, I tell people that, you know, I'm like, you know, people who want to be novelists or are trying to work on a novel. I'm like, you are uh, just let, uh, just to confirm, you are making the worst decision in your life right now. Do you want to have a house? Or do you want to, you know, or do you want to have the possibility of living in poverty for the rest of your life? And it's just like, uh, but it's those are the questions you kind of have to ask because if you want to put all the time into, I, I call it a very noble profession being a novelist it's but it's mm. not but none of it's easy it's it's better to just go be an accountant it's you know there's a steady paycheck coming in that's a lot of fun you know yeah I do I do wish that you know everyone had more time <laughs> I think yeah. that's the biggest thing for all creative creative jobs right is or like not even jobs but like being a creative person is like, you just like the only thing that you need is really that time. Yeah. And you'll do anything to get that time. And it's yeah. And I have found that if I don't do that time, I'm not, I I'm a more irritable person to be around. Yeah. I, yeah, it's like, same. I have to do. Yeah. So we're doing, we're doing services to humanity by being kinder people, by putting in the time. Um. Yeah. That's actually what, what Alice Alice Madison, an instructor of mine said when I was talking about like having trouble finding time to write. And she was like, look, like you just have to tell people that you had like a very, very mean teacher who like insisted that you have to write like every week and like, she's going to make you do it. And so like, you know, even if there's like a birthday party, you have to go to, even if there's something like, no, your big mean, like professor told you that you have to do it. And you just have to go around. You have to tell people that you have to protect your time that way. Um, and I thought that was like, you know, the sweetest thing. And she was right. She was like, she was like, yeah, you got to do it. You have to carve out that time. 
but yeah, you, you, that, yeah, I like that a lot. You have to, you have to um, be careful with your time. I also found, um, I keep finding this over and over again. I keep learning my lessons over and over again, but protecting my energy when I'm in a project where it's just, cause you know, there's some people that can just suck energy out of you mm-hmm. and, and, and like, I'll, I'll allow them in my lives a little more, but when, when I feel responsible, I, I kind of take this weird thing when I'm working on a novel or a film, it's like, I take responsibility for it. It feels like a kid almost. And then all of a sudden I need to protect that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. then that's when I, that's when I start to, um, that's when I start to raise my level of uh, my friends. And I'm just like, Oh wait, I can't hang out with that person anymore. Cause they're kind of sucking, they're sucking mm-hmm. my energy, which then sucks the energy of this book. And I'm responsible for the book. And then it almost like creates a better world unto itself. Yeah. Yeah. You, you just gotta, well, yeah. I mean, you just have to, you have to give into the book, do what the book wants, protect the book at all costs. Yeah. And, and all of that is working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when, um, what was it like with a pop song when you were realizing that the, was it scary when you were realizing that it wasn't following the outline that you submitted? It was, it was, but it also wasn't because I had so much confidence in the thing that it was becoming, um, which I think is, is a nice place to end up. Um, when I had sold it, I was like, you know, like 80% sure about the outline. I was like, I think this is how it's going to go. I was like, I think this is the emotional contour of the book. And more or less, like the essays that I wrote were, were kind of the things that they ended up being um, mm. that I thought they were going to be. Um, but a lot of the emotional work was not fleshed out because it was the kind of emotional work that you can't do until you're doing it. You mm-hmm. can't do it until you start writing sentences. Um, so when it started changing, um, yeah, I was like, oh, this is different. But then I was like, oh, but it's more true it's more true to what happened and it's more true to what the book needs to be. And so that became like a very easy thing to trust in. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna like let this go where it needs to go. I'm gonna believe that it's, it's just showing itself to me. Um, and I, yeah, I, I talking about it, I'm like, oh, I really miss that time. I really miss like the thing, knowing what it needed to be and like sort of intuitively knowing that I had to get there um, and that it, it was sort of like lighting the way in a sense. Um, but I think that's tied to, I know this sounds all really vague, but so I'm trying to make it a little more specific, but I do think that that comes from being like having a really deep knowledge of like the emotional work, um, of, of, yeah, the, the, the story arc, um, like the characters, like, and in my case, because it's a memoir, like, you know, what the hell was going on in my life? Like, once I figured out what was going on emotionally and what I, what I wanted to convey, then I could do it. But so much of it is emotional, I think. Yeah. And finding that truth, because it, it's, it's, I, it, you can, it's, I don't know if you get this, but sometimes like if you read a book and you kind of like, uh, you can tell the person isn't authentic and you could tell like a writer's not being authentic and honest, but mm-hmm, then there's books mm-hmm. where you're just like, you're like, oh, this, you know, you, you, you'll, um, you'll forgive the, you'll forgive the writer for certain things because you can tell that this is pure authenticity and honesty. And they like, mm-hmm. they almost bled on the page, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I do think, you know, if you're not telling the truth and I don't mean 
the truth as that happened or as, you know, things we call fact. But I mean, like emotionally, if you're not Mm -hmm. telling the truth, if you're not actually saying things you believe would happen or do happen, then like, what's the point? Like, then I, I'm, I don't know that I'm interested in what you're writing if I, if I don't feel like you don't believe it. Because <laughs> then why should I believe it? <laughs> yeah. I, my therapist, oh, she always bugs me about this, but she's just like, oh, what, what are you working? What part of the book are you working on now? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you because you're going to tell me that, um, that it, that's a, that's a portion of myself that you, that I need to work on, but I'm just doing it through my characters. And then it turns out she's always right. And then it makes me even more mad. She's like, oh, that's interesting. It went that route. And I'm like, you know, yeah, (laughs) but I think, um, I think there's a truth to the con it's almost like a constant, um, question. Um, and, and it's just like a lot of what I do is I'm questioning things and I don't even know what I'm questioning. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, I'm questioning um, like the afterlife, is there an afterlife? And I didn't even know that that was the question. I thought that I was working on something else. Mm-hmm, uh, do you mm-hmm. ever have like kind of those epiphanies where you're like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll think I'm writing an essay about one thing and then it'll be about something completely different. Yeah. And I have to be like, Oh, okay. I totally had planned for you to be about, um, you know, grief, but actually you're about anger <laughs> or something yeah. like that, you know? And then that requires like an adjustment. And yeah, I find that the writing is hardest when I don't know when I'm kind of maybe writing in a different direction than I ultimately need to be writing in. And it's challenging. I don't like it, but then I do get there. And then I'm like, oh, it's easy now because I'm, I'm going where I needed to go. And when you get there, it's just like, it's the best feeling in the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. When you know, you know, yeah. Um, which can, I think, be applied to basically everything in the world. Right, uh, right. Yeah. Oh, I, was, I had a question. And then I, when you said, you know, you know, I was just like, that's such a great quote. And then I had a question and then it went away from me. It went away. It just went we away. Could, we could talk about something else and then it'll, it usually comes back. You are very mature for your age. Cause I kind of feel like you're under 30. Are you under 30? I'm 29. <laughs> you have an old soul. Really? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I'm exactly 29. Really? Yeah. Maybe, but, maybe because but you maybe under- I've been 29 for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> you just grew into your 29. What's um so you you uh how did you find your roommates in uh Brooklyn? Are they friends um, the, or did the you the internet? Yeah, we're 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 great friends. Um but before were they friends or did you just uh, we we knew each other, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but now I would say we're like a family. <laughs> yeah, that's fun, huh? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. special. I think I think again, I, I feel like so much of my, my adulthood has been about like, you know, finding community and, and found family. Um, yeah. So I feel very grateful. Yeah. It, it continues to be that way. I think so. I think now more than ever, not to mm-hmm. use like the really corny phrase, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, my family's on the West coast. So my people here are my people. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. My emergency contact, you know, is is my one of my best friends who's also my neighbor um, yeah yeah you're you're so right because now i remember the question oh great see see 
Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> we you have there. to ask it before you forget it. Cause you're going to forget it again. I know I'm older and I might forget things, but you know, I, I can relax into this one. Okay. I get, I get distracted <laughs> quite easily. So uh, I've already, I'm messing like, with I've, you. No, you're, you're I absolutely right. I've completely hurry. forgotten that you had to remember a question. <laughs> you're like, hurry up. Um, no, I was going to ask you how you, how did you get your agent? Cause it's, uh, did you get your agent with the proposal or did you have the agent before the proposal? Situation? Um, I was working with her before the proposal. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened was I moved to New York because, um, a literary agent had reached out to me and she was like, Hey, like you wrote this essay that went like pretty viral, not really viral, but like it got a little attention. What was the day. essay? It's, it's in this, it's in this magazine. That's not alive anymore, but it was adult magazine, which was run by Sarah Nicole Burkett. Um, and the essay was called house on fire mm-hmm. and it was, um, about the early stages of a relationship and having a lot of period sex and um, being haunted by like a ghost. Oh, uh, wow. That's... Yeah, it's pretty intense essay. Um, yeah. And um, an agent in New York was like, hey, like, you know, do you wanna do you wanna work on something together? And I was like 21 years old and I was like, totally. Yeah. Um, it didn't ultimately end up panning out with that particular um, agent. She actually ended up just like leaving publishing. Um, but I, in the meantime, I did write and publish a novella through um, Paul Chan's press, Badlands Unlimited. So it's a small press. They're also not uh-huh. around anymore. This is a pattern in my life. Um, <laughs> This is what happens when you when you publish with indies is, you know, that's okay. Yeah, they're there yeah. for the time that they're there. Yeah. Um, but I wrote this novella, Fantasian, which is now kind of like a cult item because oh. you can't find it anymore. Um, Do you I have also, copies? I have one copy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have one yeah. copy. I just yeah. went over to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I have a PDF that I'll send to anyone who, who wants one. No, um, but at the same time, it's just having, if when your book's out of print and you do have a copy, it's just like, yeah. you don't want to get rid of that, that, that copy. Yeah. Just, you have it on your bookshelf. You should have it in a safe. Anyway, go ahead. It is, it is valuable. I should, I should hang on to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, all things are impermanent. So. If oh, that's a good attitude. Fire, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm a Buddhist, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I like to, that. Yeah. I have to kind of accept these things and I think it makes me better. Um, Were you always a Buddhist or did you uh, become Buddhist? I, I came to it like in my adolescence, but mm-hmm. more recently I've come back to it. Um, you know, when one experiences suffering, one mm-hmm. um, is drawn to things that and practices that one assumes will help their spiritual health. Uh, so I have found myself back here like over the last couple of years, yeah. um, but maybe more deliberately in the last couple of months. Yeah. I'm like um, a Buddhist light. I just keep kind of tinkering with it and I'll show up to a temple for a, a meditation. And then, yeah. and then I forget how great it is and I leave and create more havoc for myself. You know? Right. Right. You form all these attachments um were your were your were your parents religious or not religious um sort of in in a sort of vernacular way yeah um but not really in a philosophical sense so they were Um, okay that you went to buddhism yeah i mean i wasn't i wasn't like doing anything radical like i wasn't like threatening to like join a monastery or anything okay yeah yeah i was just kind of quietly reading my little you know dharma texts when i was like 14 and getting no way that. oh yeah man. 
I mean, they were like laying around the house. Um, oh, so your parents were open to it. They had. Yeah. It. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like illegal or in any sense. Right. Um, it wasn't like they were staunch atheists and they're like, no, what no, is no. this crap? <laughs> no, no. But I, 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 I kind of imagine that atheists wouldn't really have a problem with Buddhism. Um, yeah, of all the world religions. There's been oh true true yeah there's there there what atheists crack me up because I feel like they have more faith than a lot of people because they have faith that there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I, still I faith. It, in my youth, I I I I also thought there was nothing, but now I'm not so sure. Yeah, yeah, isn't it Which interesting? I think it's a pretty safe place to be. Like there's or, a lot of things that I don't know about. Yeah, I you call it safe. I call it scary because I want to know and I want the answers. And then you're just like, oh, it's okay not to have the answers. And then it's like, well, that kind of freaks me out. Losing- oh, yeah, I'm comfortable with not knowing. Mm. There's a lot of things that I don't know in the world. Yeah. That's okay. There's some yeah. things that I can live with not knowing. The things See, that I can't live with not knowing, I figure that out. But the things that I can live with, I live with. So you haven't had your first nervous breakdown yet? I don't think so, actually. <laughs> I don't, I do not think so. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think I, I don't think I have actually. I think I'm quite, quite resilient yeah. as a person. Is it resilient? And we, I think we've learned that with COVID too, that we, that we have a resilience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a species for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we will adapt. It's, it's, we, we can adapt. To, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah. We find ways of, of doing things. We find ways of connecting with each other. Yeah. Um, we create technologies to facilitate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got a weird thing that I it's like when good things happen to me, it freaks me out more than when bad things happen. You to don't me. So like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I have to be resilient when good things are happening. It's just, and it's just like, oh, cause it just, it feels uncomfortable because I wasn't brought up in a lot of good things happening life and then all of a sudden it's like a good thing happens and i'm like i have to be resilient in that that's why i need to go to temple yeah resilient i don't know if i would say that's resilient so much as maybe you need to just absorb it Ooh, that's a good one yeah you have to you have to let it in i think this is this calls for vulnerability in fact i like that which is quite quite scary it is yeah yeah but it's also wonderful yeah 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 do you, do you meditate every day? No, I wish I did. Um, yeah. I would love to be the kind of person who does. Yeah. Uh, but, but I, I don't, <laughs> I, you know, I'm lucky that, if I, I'm lucky if I manage once a week. Yeah. I mean, the, just after talking with you, cause I did do this meditation on, um, with this class, uh, last month and we had to meditate for like eight days in a row and it was only five minutes a day, mm. but, but I did feel changed at the end of like that eight days and I, and, yeah. I, and then you forget that life just comes in yeah. yeah and you're like oh wait and it's i've had buddhist i've had a buddhist um monks on the show before and we talked we've talked about mindfulness and how mindfulness is not about relaxing mindfulness is about your opening um your, you know you're you're tapping into things that can sometimes be scary you know totally yeah you have to quiet things and and listen and you're not like blocking things out. You're actually letting them in. Yeah. I like and that. that can be really frightening to see the full shape of something that you haven't allowed yourself to see. So what it now, because you've been on a lot of podcasts and stuff, right? 
Um, yeah, I think yeah. more than the average person who didn't have a book coming out in the right. last two years. <laughs> so, so what do you, how would you rate this, this one? What do you think? How do, how do you think we did on this podcast? I feel like this was pretty solid actually. Really? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think we spent a lot of time talking about a lot of different things. Um, I'm kind of glad you didn't ask me too many questions about the book. Uh, Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I've, I've answered a lot of questions about the book. So it's nice to talk about like, other things. Yeah. Um, nice to talk about Buddhism for sure. Um, nice to talk about the writing process. Love talking about process. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I feel like I feel we, like we hit like solid. almost everything. So, so like if you were going to give me a letter grade, what would my letter grade be? Um, I actually don't subscribe to letter grades. I find it really hierarchical um really yeah you know well so the but but you kind of what if you had to put me in the hierarchy of all these other podcasts like like it was your top 10 list you know if you had a top no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that i won't play into (laughs) that i i will not i will not play this game (laughs) really i like that no no but i i will give this podcast a passing grade a passing grade yeah now but do, do you get grades in bennington no yeah. Oh, okay. It's like pass or no pass. Yeah, pass or no pass. Did you get grades in high school? Um, I did. Yeah. Okay. I think most high schools do have to give grades. Right. In order to get into college and you know put you through the machine. Um, it's quite. Depressing. I like your boundaries. Yeah, I just I don't You're know. Firm. I, like, I like that. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important. It's really you gotta, good. You gotta, you gotta lay down the law. I gotta I gotta and say I, I, I will not give this podcast a grade. Yeah. I refuse to do that. <laughs> I love that. It's going to be my new blurb. Larissa Pham will not give this podcast a grade. I will not. There are some things that I will not do. All right. Larissa, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I had a great time chatting. Hey, hey. Say what? Say what? Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner Sometimes I feel like my only friend Is the city I live in It's beautiful Brooklyn Don't as I live Believe I'm gon' cry Hey, cause it's the B, the R, the O, the O, hey L-Y-N is the place where I stay The B to get all to the O, the O, hey Jack, you'll catch that, they jump back, when they guns back, mama scream with
Make she sons that tryna hunt that recurring dream of high stakes. The fourth largest, first hardest Brooklyn is the place. Settled by the Dutch many years ago. Three million strong, and here we go. Get you open like a sandal bag Hot in the candle wax Hustling and you can't relax The crack babies trying to find where they mamas at It's off the handle black with big police scandals at Turning the action screenplay So the mirror max The type of place where they check your appearance at And cats who know where all the hot low gear is at The stomping grounds where you find the pound smokers at Be blazing charm to have your wave cap floating back The doorstep where the dispossessed posted at Dope fiends out on Franklin Ave Selling over racks You big baller better keep your money folded back Cause once the young guns notice that it's over black Brooklyn, Brooklyn keep on taking, taking it. it Worldwide we known for that Flossy cats get it snatched like the local tax The place I sharpen up my baritone vocals at But one of the greatest MCs was a local cat Larissa Pham on Drinks with Tony Check out her new book Pop Song Adventures in Art and Intimacy Next week on the show we have Kevin Sempcell uh, Discussing his new book I Made an Accident Keep reading, keep writing, keep crafting your stories. We all have a story in us. Get it out to the world, but put time into it and put craft into it, like Larissa and I talked about. And of course, keep listening to the show. I'll see you next week. You're listening to 101.9 FM, KPCRLP, Santa Cruz.